So, this is the self-development with tactics. Book. So this one's gonna be again one, yeah, nice sentence construction, top. Um, this is gonna be another one about Tim Ferriss' Tools of Titans, or to be a little bit more precise, we're still stuck in the Tim Ferriss 17 questions section or side or kinda, yeah. Well, see you after the intro. <laughs> Ugh, good. But I hope you're doing fucking great. Uh, I do have just a new light setup here, so I've just not having it into fucking. I can show you. In a fucking plastic glove, you can actually see. Yeah. But I'm having it in a uh, what is it called? In a plastic bag actually, and it's I think doing a fine job. It's just pretty fucking bright. It just hurts my eyes, but. I look great, <laughs> completely worth it. But yeah, um, as you've already heard into in the intro, we're going ahead with the Tim Ferriss Tools of Titans and uh, Tim Ferriss actual 17 questions section. So yeah, um, before the episode, I actually thought like, okay, should I actually go through that or should I just do something else? Because, well, you know, it's reading and um, maybe I'm just gonna go through all the shit that I'm willing to go through uh, before so that I do not have to read it and so that I do just you know can talk about this and or can talk about it which you know might suit me better might suit the podcast better might just be better for everyone else or for everyone but yeah but it's still just um, it still uh, of course needs some preparation beforehand which you know is also kind of yeah, semi-great, because I do just have to put way more time into it. The time that I could have just maybe chosen or could have maybe um, used to, to edit the video or to just make the video better or something. Even though, you know, it could actually be the case that the video is going to be better when I'm just going through the stuff beforehand and then I'm just, you know, going over it and or just talking about it. So I don't actually know. But what I know is that we're going ahead with question 11. And question 11 is, what if I could only subtract to solve a problem? But no, uh, we're actually going ahead with question 10, because we haven't done this. So question 10, do I need to make it back the way I lose it? Have you lost something recently? Your natural instinct is to make it back the same way you lost it. But this ignores the value of your time and could be inefficient. In 2008, Tim Ferriss owned a house in San, San Jose. I think it is San Jose and lost money in the recession. Selling, selling then would mean a 150,000 loss. His friends concealed him to rent the house until the value could rebound. Tim followed the advice and was miserable from all the property, property management headaches that followed. Instead, he realized the value assets um, here was, was his time and not cash. By babysitting his house, he might be able to recop the 150k over five years. But using the same time and energy, he might be able to grow his brand and business by 500,000. Tim decided to sell the house. We, also, we, all, uh, we are all subject to similar thoughts as Tim. In this case, sunk cost fallacy, loss 
loss aversion and anchoring or anchoring all make him try to recover the loss. Since his first investment in the, since his first investment in the house, Tim continued to to obsess about the value of his house. All rent, mortgage, and time considerations were confined to the scope of the house problem. But by stepping above this, Tim saw that cash and time were fun fungible assets that could be shuffled between projects and his ROI for cash and time were higher in, in other objects than in saving the house. So if you lose 1000 at the blackjack table, is this where you should try to recope it? Probably not. So I actually wanted to say probably not and he also said probably not, like funny fact, never mind. An interesting take on this question is to expand, your, expand beyond just cash as you see next. But before we just go ahead, I just have to talk about it or just want to talk about it. Um, I think it's a great point. You know, in the very beginning, I haven't actually understood what he's just talking about by, well, actually, I do just have to close the door uh, window. Because the actual funny thing is that, you know, when there are just some cars outside, I don't hear them because, you know, I'm living in this place since uh actually for five years six years eight years just uh, quite some time and i'm just gotten used to it and it's just totally something that you can notice in the fucking recordings and and even i just noticed them and it is not great if you hear just some cars in the recording in the background which actually distract just pretty much from what i'm saying but yeah you know to just kind of finish that up, I totally think it makes sense that you do not have to make the money back like you have lost it. And and I think it is always great to just consider whether just something makes sense or not. You know, whether it is actually somehow smart or whether it, you know, just makes sense to actually kind of just, yeah, keep the house and do everything so that the house makes the money back. And whatsoever, you know, instead of just doing something else you know will just give you way more value and will give you way more money back and it just makes sense it really just makes sense so yeah i'm pretty interested in what he's talking about now in the two minute exercise so where have you had a recent loss this can be in terms of cash emotion social standing and however you however you interpret it how can you regain the value of that loss through a totally different means through a totally different means Reflection. When you are stressed about a loss, you tend to obsess about it over and over, thinking about how to regain how to regain regain what you lost. But you have to poke your head above the weeds and find other roots. Do you feel like you have lost ground in an argument? Maybe you don't have to regain footing in that very argument. Cut your losses, admit your fault, and think about how to better next time. Or how to do and or actually be better the next time. Have you lost the favor of your boss? Maybe you don't regain it by repeating what you got, what got you there in the first place. Well, makes sense because probably you aren't that good at it. And or you had a bad day. You know, could also be the case. You know, who knows? I do not want to judge people or I do not want to judge anyone that I actually don't know because it wouldn't make any sense, you know. Besides the whole fact that I totally do not know what's going on in everybody's head. And or in everybody's life because you know I'm not in their life or I'm not in everybody's life. So yeah. Um, use your strengths and carve out the other path, another path to demonstrate your value. Hell hell may be even regaining regaining 
stature in the current company isn't the right approach and it's now time to join a new company. Lost a rom romantic partner for good? Stop thinking about how to win the person back. Spend your time on bettering yourself to attract other partners. In business, some projects work and some don't. Don't throw good money after bad and try to see how you can ick, or is it ache? I think it's actually ache out another 5% from a project. You're probably missing a 500% gain elsewhere. Yeah, makes sense. It really makes sense. And I think it just truly also makes sense that you kind of re-evaluate things over time. And when you do see, okay, what I'm doing right here doesn't make any sense or it actually has not such a high ROI than doing something else. Yeah, why don't drop it? You know, why wouldn't you? I guess uh, some people actually think about it as, okay, you know, I have to do it because I've just started to do it and whatsoever, this kind of thinking, but it just don't make sense. You know, it, it really doesn't make any sense. Question 11. Question 11. What if I could only subtract, subtract, uh, subtract, subtract, subtract to solve problems? Removing things is often easier than adding things. So what can you simplify to achieve growth? Um, maybe simplify your thinking, I guess. Uh, or change the way you think, I guess. You know, changing the way you think is one of the most, just one of the easiest and, I don't know, I think the fastest ways to actually kind of change a situation. Because you're then just thinking about it differently. Um, hopefully in a positive way and not in a negative way. Because, I don't know, like, you know, having a bad situation then thinking about it negatively and just being like, okay, you know, it's so shit and totally complain about it all day long won't make anything better. It would rather make just everything way worse because you're just getting pissed off. But if you're thinking about the positive things that this kind of, yeah, situation got you and there's always going to be something you just have to search for it sometimes. Sometimes, you know, it's just really a minor thing. You know, it's not something big, not something kind of just amazing that you can expect, but there is something often, you know, there often actually is something good about every bad situation. For example, once, um, the first time I actually flew was to London. Uh, it's It's been a great city. I was just, just missing my girlfriend so incredibly much that I kind of, you know, didn't enjoy that much, which is, which is totally a pity, to be honest, because now I'm just looking back at it as being just somehow a negative time, even though it wasn't, because... You know, London is a great city and London is just a really interesting one as well. And the thing was, we actually went there, I think it was in December, December 2017 or something, or 18. And there were those really heavy snowstorms, actually, when we wanted to fly back. The problem there again was that, uh, yeah, the flight got cancelled and every other flight was also cancelled. Which was just amazing because, you know, I think we were not... Uh, in the Gatwick airport, this was the second one, I don't remember the name of the airport, but the thing was the whole airport was filled with people, completely, like there was no, just only in the, the very edges of the whole kind of room, of the whole hall actually, because it's not a room, it's just a really big, big, big hall, um, there you have just some space to be, to exist, but everywhere else there were always people, like, sometimes there were some gaps and, of course, like, you know, um, not the complete space was filled, but there were just a lot of fucking people. Maybe I can actually find, it would be just really interesting. Um, 
Um, wow, actually, in January, January 2019, there was also such a thing. Um, but yeah, you know, in the end, the whole problem was that just actually getting to the airport was just somehow a real odyssey. Do you say odyssey? I guess so. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I think it took us actually five hours. The thing is, uh, the airports are just pretty much, pretty much, like, outside of the city. Like, really. Like, I I haven't, th- I, I really haven't thought about this. Like, it's just been a, it actually amazed me somehow. Or it was just some, just somehow insane for me that the airport is just, just, yeah. Like, so far just away from the actual city. Because I thought, like, okay, you're gonna just take... I don't know, the metro, you're gonna just take a bus and you're gonna drive there half an hour or maybe an hour, which is actually a lot still. And then you're there and then you can do shit and, you know, no matter what. But it wasn't the case. You know, it took us just a really long time, especially through the, uh, yeah, driving through the whole snow and whatsoever. I think it actually was five or six or seven hours, actually. And then we got to the airport and everything was cancelled and we were just basically fucked. Then we had to stay in another hotel until I think it was um, Wednesday, actually. Yes, it was Wednesday. And then we flew back. Um, Just been an amazing thing, you know. Uh, But but the the good thing about this was that I actually had had an art history test or exam. It was a test on on monday but because we were stuck in the snow and because there was no flight going to munich i guess it was yeah it was to munich um until wednesday i couldn't write the test the good thing about this was that i just haven't learned any fucking thing like i I still learn something just you know to be really honest i learned something but like you know when you're in such a situation or when you're just you know in your holidays then yeah you're not really just yeah you don't really like to learn a lot and you do not even have the time to learn a lot, you know, only in the really um, just, you know, afternoon or evening or whatsoever. And yeah, you know, it's it's not something nice and whatsoever. The thing then was that I had to, to rewrite the test or I had to write the test, I think, well, somehow like three months later or something or, or a few weeks later. It was just still some time between the two dates and the good thing was I just really did well in this test. I think I got an A or something or a B. Um, I just really did it great. And I think this is just the upside of it. And also the upside of it is that, I don't know, like everything's going to be okay in the end because it actually was okay in the end. You know, there was nothing kind of bad about the whole situation besides, you know, maybe losing a lot of money because I think we get, didn't get refund of just the hotel we had to take and and whatsoever. Uh, yeah. But question 11, uh, what if I could only subtract subtract to solve problems? So what can you simplify to achieve growth? This is counterintuitive because it seems like more motion in more areas should lead to more progress. But your different, act- but your different activities have different ROI and you should focus on energy Focus your energy on those. Sorry for not being able to fucking read. Tim already showed subtraction, subtraction uh, when running brain quicken. How could he reduce his custom support time? How could he reduce the number of decisions he had to make? And this prompt automation of order fulfillment and giving his employees more autonomy. 
This applies to small tactical items too, like your product design or website. Removing the number of distracting items can improve conversation rate. Or conversion rate, I'm sorry. Actually makes sense, even you know, especially because I think that you know often we actually have certain steps and we actually have certain you know we do certain things that are quite yeah, just really unnecessary. And I do think in every production chain line, production line, whatever. You know, if you're producing something, I guess like with time, you know, especially with time when you just maybe get better machinery. Uh, maybe get better this, maybe get better just employees, whatsoever, whatever it will be. I think just re-evaluating everything and just seeing if everything could not be done a little bit more efficient, a little bit more faster. And also when you're doing something, like it doesn't always have to just be somebody else or just machinery, whatsoever. You know, often I thought like, okay, I'm just really doing this quickly. You know, it's just pretty nice that's out there. Would um, I would really like to show you this because you know that I, 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 I just when I'm looking out of my window, there's actually somehow a hill. It is not a mountain. Some some people might actually consider it a mountain. I don't think so. Um, yeah, I know. I, I don't know. Like some people, I think would, but you know, never mind. Um, but everything, the whole hill is dark, but only one little stripe. Oh, yeah, well, it's actually a big stripe of sunlight is on there. And uh, it was actually raining outside there, so it just looks pretty funny. Um, so I think actually reevaluating your things and reevaluating what you're doing over time just really makes sense because I often feel like okay, I'm doing this just super fast, and in the end I can came to the conclusion okay, I could have done it way better for just way, just way longer. Like I could have just started just I don't know two months ago, and everything. Your disk space is critically low. Uh, that's not good. It's really not good. I could, by the way, end the episode there. Well, you know what? Let's delete something. Let's delete very, very, very big files. Now I've deleted it. Now everything should be okay. Well, um, actually, one episode was actually broken. Um, there was some 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 frame just holding, uh, and the whole thing was stuck. It was actually the case right now because he actually, you know, shouted at me actually <laughs> um, that there is some overload or something. I don't know. Um, encoding overload. Consider turning down video settings. And now it's away again. So so I hope that this video is okay. I hope everything is fine. Um, I really would like to talk more about things and not read, but I have to read. I think I'm going to do it just differently tomorrow. But yeah, the two-minute exercise. Picture an area of your life with a lot of complexity and motion. What should you cut out there that's not valuable? What should you put on your to-do list? So what should you put on your not-to-do list? Now some items remain. Would doubling your effort on these remaining items lead to greater value? Actually, great question. A really great question because you know I think it just also can be applied to to what you're good at. You know, just actually kind of working on the things you're not good at. Well, you know, to some degree it makes sense to be somehow balanced and to just you know be able to do a lot of things and whatsoever. It makes some sense to some degree. 
But on another hand, it completely doesn't make any fucking sense because, you know, why would you try to be somehow good in a space you're completely shit? You know, through just spending such a lot of time, you could have just spent on what you're already good at, which might also be just a lot of fun for you because you're good at it. And to just actually get the best on the market at this certain thing or in this certain space, you know, it would actually make sense for me because being the best is always good. And I think just being the best will always kind of provide you with enough, uh, you know, just uh, customers, I guess. You know, if you're also known as the best, if only you consider you the best and nobody else, I guess, uh, or even good, well, you know, I think there's not going to be any customers, but... Yeah, actually great question. Should you double down or quadruple down on this certain thing or um, maybe you just have to change it up a little bit. Maybe you have to just change up how you do things. Um, For example, I don't know, like the uh, steps you're going to take, either you just make A, B and C or you actually do it like B, B, C and A or C, B, A. You know, there are just a lot of different ways how to do things always. Like, there are not a lot of things that are binary. Uh, some things are actually. And my light turned itself off, which is not good because now I'm dark. Reflection. With countless distraction and privilities available to you, focus is hard. To appear like a team player, you take, more responsibilities, you take on more responsibilities than you should handle. Because of FOMO, fear of missing out, you drag yourself to more social events than you actually enjoy, which is actually the case for me. Um, and I think it is actually the case for a lot of people, I assume, I guess. You know, um, well, often I actually think like, okay, I should go outside. I should just do something. I have to do something rather than just, you know, sitting down, enjoying the time, enjoying the moment, actually being calm and not doing nothing, you know, doing nothing and actually resting, having your leisure is very important at my point of view, I think you just need leisure, Um, even though, you know, I like just doing things, I like working on things, please go on, yeah, woo, Um, I think leisure, leisure is important, and I think just, you know, resting is important, and, and just, Feeling good is important. Feeling good is very important. Um, you drag yourself to more social events than you actually enjoy. And I, for example, do way more than I think I've actually started with this thought. Um, I, for example, just you know go outside or just ride my bike because I think like, okay, I have to do it today because I'm a little bit bored, but you know I'm feeling not so good. I'm going to still do it. And then afterwards, I just feel really not good in the end, which is really not nice, which is, yeah, kind of dumb even. Um, Focusing is a common thread in Tools of Titans. Look here for my favorite excerpts on the subject, and then there is a link. Some of my favorites, if it is not a hell yes, it's a no. Only accept things you're really excited about because life is short. Being busy is a form of laziness, lazy thinking, and indiscriminate things indiscriminate action. Being busy is most often used as a, as a guise for avoiding the few critical important few critically important but uncomfortable actions. Could actually be the case. Like I don't know. Um 
Should I go through question 12 as well? I do just have some time, but I do want to talk about some things, I guess. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go through it. So question 12, what might, I, what might I put in place to allow me to go off the grid for four to eight weeks with no phone or email? If you're feeling burned out, some time away will help you regain clarity. Making sure your business or work runs smoothly while you're, gonna, while you're gone will reveal optimizations you can implement today. This question is useful even if you don't pay on or plan on taking any time off. It's actually a great plan. You know, it's actually a great approach. So Tim Ferriss possesses this the question with two specific wordings. Uh, you specifically have to go off the grid. It's not just a vacation. During this time, you cannot check your email. Um, you're also, uh, you uh, also are away for four to eight weeks. Taking off two weeks is too short. People will just let small issues pile up. Knowing you're back in two weeks, when they know you're gone for eight weeks, they have to solve the issues themselves. Answering this question will reveal the ways in which you're being a firefighter and not spending your time on a big picture. If you're going away for eight weeks, you have to entrust people with authority, clarity, and or clarify their goals implement and automate systems that streamline processes and more. This will allow operation of your business or work without your continuous presence, which in turn will reduce stress and help you focus on the big picture. It totally does. You know, if you're just being a firefighter all day long, which I assume is actually the case for a lot of CEOs because like, well, they work for the company uh, and or for the employees as well. And not like just vice versa, often, actually is the case, and Gary Vee and um, other people have, have also been talking about just, you know, the majority of it might be Gary Vee, but some people he was talking about with just this, agreed and whatsoever, so, yeah, I know, <laughs> I guess you know what I mean. And uh, the two-minute exercise, what might, I, what might I put in place to allow me to, allow me to off the grid for four to eight weeks with no phone or email? Could I implement those practices now without actually going away? And now the reflection. When considering this question, most likely you're, com you're picturing the little stressful fires that somehow come to, you, come to you to deal with. If you're gone for eight weeks, then no one has an idea how to handle them and your business or work will collapse. This means a lot of decisions in the company bottleneck on you. This is where Tim, Tim quest. Tim's question number six helps. What if I let them make decisions up to $100, 500 or $1,000? You'd be surprised how well people handle responsibilities they don't seem absolutely ready for yet. If you hire the right people, they will often rise to the, rise to the task. I know this is a scary experiment with incremental steps to build your confidence. Another common fear with going to, totally off the grid is that your colleagues will fly off the rails without your masterful guidance. This probably means you're a micromanager. If your team will work on wasteful projects without your presence, then their long-term goals aren't clear to them. You probably don't have clear ways to measure their progress. Otherwise, they could use these metrics to guide their own work. If this is true, you'll find the concepts in high output management useful. This will train you to be a more hands-off manager while encouraging even more productivity. You can implement your ideas from this question with even going on vacation, a result, 
a more stress-free, non-firefighting role that lets you focus on big, important questions. Yeah. And the last part of this summary or this episode was a little bit tough, I guess. Um, well, I'm going to do it differently tomorrow, I guess, you know. Also just really feeling just like I can't see anything. <laughs> but yeah, um, this is it with the episode. This is it. I wish you the best health, health, happiness and success. And I also hope that you're going to remember yourself or remind yourself on how you're going to be remembered. So basically your legacy. Because you totally have it in your hands. You know, it is in your hands. You control it and nobody else does. You know, you control whether you're going to be remembered as a good person or as a bad person. Still, something important that I always want to point out is that you can't just serve everyone. Like, you know, not everyone's going to like you. Just by principles... I don't know, just because, I guess. But yeah, uh, with that being said, I wish you the best. And I actually see you tomorrow or maybe even today. I see you.